0: All right, let's look in the Word today. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 27. Proverbs 27. And uh, we want to today finish, I believe finish, on the series that we've been teaching for uh, the last number of weeks called How to Go Broke. All right, Uh, we've given you nine principles and keys to your brokenness uh, so far. And we want to give you number 10 today to ensure that if you want to go broke, you have all the equipment to do so, all the necessary tools to be flat, poor, the poor house will be your house. (laughs) All right. Or we can reverse this and just go ahead and prosper in everything we put our hand to. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you today. You're a good and faithful God. What a wonderful Lord you are. We just honor and bless you today. Thank you for the work that you're doing in us and through us. Thank you for providing our every need. Now we ask you for the word for the hour, the message for this time. May each person have eyes to see and ears to hear, hearts open and receptive. May each person receive that which is necessary for their life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, well, we're there in Proverbs 27 talking about how to go broke. Let me just say a couple things before we read this scripture, that we must practice wise principles if we are going to prosper in this life if we are ignorant or or uh, or just just simply ignore sound wisdom uh, then we're going to suffer okay it's not personal it, it, it is not God withholding something from us but we simply must make right choices concerning our finances and how we conduct our lives Okay, sometimes when people become Christians, they immediately uh, throw everything onto the Lord. And if it's not going right, well, I wonder what the Lord's up to. What's God trying to tell me? He might just be telling you to read the Bible. Just maybe practice wise principles in your life that will, in and of themselves, produce good, successful results. We all are on the same plane. We all have the book of Proverbs. Aren't you glad? We all have the right to look and to put into practice the principles of success. God wants you to be successful. I tell you what, He wants you to do well in life. He wants you to have a smile on your face. If you're married, he wants you to be happy. In your ma- Well, if you're not married, he wants you to be happy, of course. But uh, you know what I'm saying. But listen, many of us have had missteps in our lives that have cost us. We've made some choices. We've put money into this or purchased that or got involved in this endeavor and it was the wrong thing. But listen, a wise person doesn't beat themselves up over it but learns from it, okay? Let me tell you what, an even wiser person will learn from someone else's mistakes and avoid them altogether. You don't actually have to go to the poor house to understand what poverty's like. Just drive by it. (laughs) And look... And, and, and see, hey, I don't want to live there. I don't want to go. I don't want my life to be like that. And so we learn from others' mistakes. And of course, predominantly we learn from the written word of God. Okay? And we take God at His Word before we even understand it, before we can really fully wrap our minds around it. We say, This is what the Lord said, This is what He wants me to do. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to experience the results that I that that, that the Bible promises. Amen? And that's where we got to start. So Proverbs 27 and verse. 23, 27, 23. It says, Be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks, attend to your herds. Verse 24, For riches are not forever, nor does a crown endure to all generations. Now, notice the phrase there at the beginning of verse 24. It says, Four, riches are not forever. In other words, it's tying the second verse to the previous verse, and we can basically say, because. In other words, me paying attention to the state of my flocks and attending to my herds is connected to riches, because I should not assume that because I have, that I am going to have. I bet if we were all to think about it, we could look at... or at least probably a number of us could look at different times in our lives where we had some real increase. We had some real abundance, but it didn't necessarily last, okay? And if you're on top of the hill today, there's no guarantee for your future that it's still going to be there. I say, how can I know if it's going to be there? We've got to pay attention. Because it seems that if we don't pay attention... And don't take care of and, and, and understand what's happening with our stuff, that it will fly away, that the riches will depart. Now, understand again, uh, what are they talking about? When they talk about uh, the cows and the goats here and the sheep and the cattle and the flocks, uh, that implies riches, okay? In their day, if you had a lot of cows, and, and it still could be true today, but most of us aren't in that type of business. But if you had a lot of cows and a lot of sheep, you were a wealthy person. Okay, And so when they talk about cows and sheep, we relate that to wherever we're at and, and the things that we have in our lives. So the implication, again, is that lasting riches is connected to giving proper attention to what we have. Those of you taking notes, which should be all of you, uh, let me say it this way. Number 10, how to go broke. Be ignorant of your financial state. Be ignorant of your financial state. What you have is in danger of leaving. You must do something to keep that from happening, okay? One reason why people don't give attention to their financial state is because of fear. They really don't want to look at it because they know it's bad. They know it's troubling, and so instead of facing the facts, dealing with what is before them and what they have, they want to look away. They want to look at something else or put their head in the sand and pretend it's not there. I don't, want to eat. I don't want to go there. I don't want to look in my bill drawer. I know they're there. I just don't want to look at them. I, just don't want to, I don't really want to know. And I'm here to tell you, you do want to know. It is very important for us to be knowledgeable of where we are. Problems do not go away because we don't look at them. All right. This is something we all must uh, understand concerning all areas. But many people just simply live in denial of their current state and even denial of their future. They really just kind of hope things are going to work out. And I say hope in the non biblical sense, I I mean, they just kind of wish. That things are gonna all pan out and something's gonna happen, the ship's gonna come in and, and things are all gonna work out, and and they're not actually doing anything. You remember Psalm chapter one and verse three, of course, talks about the person who does verse one and two, but it says, Whatever he does will prosper. Whatever he does will prosper. What should we be looking for? Actionable items. Okay, We need to be knowledgeable so that we can act, so that we can do something because God wants to bless what you do, not what you ignore. Well, I'm just going to ignore. I'm going to pray that my bills go away, pray that this problems, all these problems go away. No, 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 that's not really how we deal with this. Uh, I can't ignore. You know, uh, some people have uh, really gotten that kind of idea from hearing the what's the so-called uh, faith message. And they've gotten into an extreme or just a misunderstanding of the Word of God where they don't actually deal with facts, they deny facts. Instead of, instead of acknowledging problems and difficulties, they deny that they exist and then say, that's faith. Well, in reality, that's not faith. Are you listening? And sometimes, again, it's out of fear It's out of fear that things haven't really changed. It's like, you know, the person who says, I got a wart on my hand, and so I'm going to have prayer for my hand, (laughs) and so they go get prayer for their hand, for their wart, and after the prayer's done, they're having a battle in their head. Should I look at it? (laughs) No, I shouldn't look at it, because that wouldn't be faith. I don't want to... I don't want to get into doubt here and unbelief. And, you know, so you stick your hand in the pocket and thinking about it the whole time. Uh, should I go back to my seat now? And um, I think I can kind of feel it. Maybe not. And they got, you know what I'm talking about? I got this battle going on in their head. Is it there? If I look at it, would that be bad? What if I look at it and it's still there? Oh, then I'd be real disappointed. Say, <laughs> so what should they do? I think they should look at it in expectation yeah expect it to be gone Say, so, but what if it's still there well see this is the difference we're not living in denial we're not going to say I have no wart I have no wart there is not a wart on my hand I have no wart people in the world look at you like you're cuckoo I see your wart but you say you have no wart nope I don't have a wart I do not have a wart I am wartless <laughs> now what should you do you pray and you look because you're expecting. Well, what if it's still there? Then you say, "It's leaving. It's leaving. It's dissolving right before my eyes. Here we go. Praise God, the power of God's working in my wart <laughs> to effect a healing and a cure. The power of God's working in me now, working in me now, working in me now. Oh, glory to God, It's leaving. Hallelujah. See, that's not denial of a current fact. You're applying a higher principle. All right, you remember what the Bible said over in Romans chapter four. Speaking of God and how he dealt with Abraham, and and it said that God calls those things which be not as though they were, right? And some have misunderstood that, and they've kind of turned that around, and it kind of really makes this whole faith thing look kind of kooky. Because the way they read that is that they call things that are as though they're not. See, that's different. Calling things that are as though they're not is different Did I say that right? As though they're not is different from... (laughs) I did this really good in the first service. (laughs) Calling The Bible says that God called those things which be not as though they were. That's different from calling things that are as though they are not. In other words, I have no bills. I have no debt. You know, look in the bill drawer... I have no bills. I have no bills. I have no bills. I have no bills. I am not in debt. I am not in debt. I have no problems. My life is a flowery bed of ease. Things are all good. That person is denying the facts, right? That's not really faith. That's not what God told us to do, that we act like everything bad around us or in us is not there. The difference is is If I'm going to deny anything, I deny the right to that problem to stay in my life. That's faith. I say, yes, there is a wart. But yes, wart does not have power over me. Wart does not have authority in my life. I take the scripture by his stripes. I was healed. And wart has to leave me. Okay? But I'm not saying there is no wart. There is no bill. There is no problems. Hmm. There's no... Uh, You know, my marriage is great when it's not. You know what I'm talking about? Not denying the the, the, the facts, but saying things are going to change. We are applying a higher law, a higher principle and promise of God, and that will eliminate the problems. So I call things that are, I call things that be not, as though they were. And so what's not? Well it could be healing. Someone could be right now, present tense, healing is not in your body. So what do you do? You call your body healed. You find a promise and you rub it on. How? With your faith, by speaking the promises of God, okay? You find, you got your bill drawer, you might pull them out, stack them up. Say, I call these paid for. I'm not denying their existence, but I say, God supplies my need. He's coming through for me every time. I am not going under, but I'm going over. Paid for. Every time you see him, paid for. Give him a new name. You can name your house that if you want. Paid for. Name your car. You say, I've got a, you know, I've got a, whatever you have. <laughs> I've got a Mazda. Great. It's new, its new name is paid for. If you want to pay for it, you want it to be paid off. See, that's applying a higher principle. It's it's applying the the principles of faith and God's provision to your situation, not denying what is actually happening in your life. Okay. Know the state. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks. Ignorance is a source of destruction, according to Hebrews, uh, actually, Hosea chapter 4. Ignorance is a source of destruction. It's not bliss. Uh, What you don't know can hurt you. And what we know, the more we know about things, the more we can apply the knowledge of God. How many know if you have a, a car and it's making strange sounds? It's typically not a good idea to just kind of look the other way. <laughs> I don't hear that. Turn the radio up. <laughs> How many know that can usually, usually cost you? I, you know, in a, in a way that didn't cost us a whole lot, but a little sweat. Uh, recently, one of our cars, uh, the air conditioner would come on, and uh, when the fan was on high, it started going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'd turn up the radio. <laughs> Amy would say, "What's that?" Mm, nothing. <laughs> and uh, and I didn't want to deal with it. I was really just kind of hoping it'd go away. <laughs> I don't want to deal with that nonsense. Anyway, one day I'm. Uh, I had a meeting, I was at a particular place, car was sitting in the sun on a nice hot day. I got done with the meeting and it worked going to the meeting and uh, got in my car afterwards and nothing, no air whatsoever except, you know, roll down the windows, what do they call it, 460 (laughs) air and and so what happened? Well, that was a pretty minimal cost to me, a little bit of sweat, a little discomfort, got the thing fixed, now it works again and, and that's fine but some situations are different some of those knocks, some of those pings, those pops, those groans, those grindings, those, all these things that your car can do. I mean, you might be on a trip somewhere and you're in the middle of nowhere and a car stops. I mean, it costs you a little bit more then, okay? In other words, it's a good idea to know and not ignore problems. If you have, if you, listen, to some, some have situations in their marriage. They've been ignoring them for a long time. Things are not good and things are not getting better. In fact, things are on the down, on the downhill slide, and people want to say, oh, just to kind of ignore it, and hopefully things will get better. Listen, I'd encourage you not to ignore problems like that. Do something. Look for something to do to change it to make it get better, because too many people ignore their problems until it's, quote, too late, and then all of a sudden, life is chaos, and it really costs you might be a hassle to change the oil every you know, few thousand miles and every few months, but uh, you know it's better than replacing the engine, isn't it? Isn't it a little bit cheaper and a little bit uh, can be pretty inconvenient when your car doesn't work at all? And so ignorance is not a good way to go. Before anyone can make positive change, they must acknowledge where they are. Acknowledge where they are. It's true spiritually. How many know that a person cannot be saved? You cannot come into the kingdom of God unless you first acknowledge that you are a sinner. You must. If if someone says, I'm good. They say, I'm all right. I mean, sure, I've messed up a little. I've made mistakes, but I'm a pretty good guy. Dude, you're not going to be saved either. You're absolutely not. If you think that everything's okay with just you and your own life and how you conduct yourself, you are not going to make it. But when you will come to the acknowledgement that I have sinned, I have come short of God's glory, then you're in a position to say, I need help. I need a savior. I need an answer. I need the forgiveness of my sins. Right? How many know if you, if you study the Bible as a whole, you know, the Old Testament, a good portion of that was, uh, was, was the law. They were under what's called the law of Moses. You know, you come into Galatians, you find out that the whole reason for the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments and all the other things that were in there, the reason for that law was this, so that people would know that they come short of God's glory. God basically wanted them to know, you're not measuring up. You fall short. You are a sinner. You need help. You need a Savior. So when Jesus came along, bore our sin, died on the cross, people would know, man, without that, I'm toast. Without that, I am I am in, in, in big problems here. I'm in big pr- trouble here without a Savior coming in. But I must first acknowledge that something's wrong. You know why some people aren't here today? They think they're okay. They think, well, you know, got a house, got a job, got a family, I got things, everything's okay, why would I need to go to church? Well, it's, it's just called this. You fall short of God's glory. You might be okay by your own standards, but not okay by His standards. And the acknowledgement of our place and what has our current condition will determine and set us up for improvement and for help in our lives. Praise God. So we said this, that some people don't know the state of their flocks and of their sheep uh, simply because, man, they're afraid to look. They know it's bad, and they want to pretend it doesn't exist. They want to pretend everything's okay. And then there are others, uh, they just lack financial diligence. They've just, uh, they're just uh, uh, not careful and persistent to give attention to the things that are, that are before them. But listen, your cows and sheep need attention. You know that. You need to look out the window every now and then and look in that backyard and see the cows. Ooh, they're out there. And the, the sheep and the cows. You, you might have a sick cow out there. You don't pay attention. He's going to die. You got some sheep that are looking scrawny. They need fed. And they're bellering at you. And you're saying, I have no sheep. Or, uh, or, or actually, no, no, that's not what you're saying. Uh, I have no starving sheep. My cows are not sick. There is not a hole in my fence. <laughs> and again denying that anything is wrong that there could potentially be any downside to the things that you have and the things that you own look out the window and look at the state of your, uh, of your stuff look at the condition of what, uh, of what you have in your possession you must deal with it or it will go away All right. now what are your cows and sheep well we could look in a, in a general sense we could say look at your financial state Okay, look at your financial condition. Uh, how much money do you have? What are you worth? What's your income expense ratio each each month? How much is coming in and how much is going out? Someone said, I don't really want to know. <laughs> well, that's the problem. You do want to know. And you do need to know. This is the wisdom of God here. The wisdom of God says you got to know your state. You got to know what condition you're in. Uh, you know, what about... Retirement. Some people don't even want to think about it. Listen, it's coming. Right? That time, that period in your life, say, I'm never going to retire. Well, fine, that's your decision, but most people do. That time is coming. All right? And some people just, they've never imagined living on Social Security. Can I tell you? I haven't been there, but I'll just tell you, I'm smart enough to know. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be fun. It's just not enough money. And so, by not looking at it, doesn't mean that time's not going to come. Say, so I believe the Lord is going to come back before I get to that age. <laughs> well, if you're right, then you'll be right. And, and you can say, See, I told you I didn't need to save anything. <laughs> In heaven, I'll say, oh, You got me there. <laughs> but how many know? Uh, everyone, up until this point, who has thought that, they suffered. Everyone. 100% of them, because the Lord hadn't come back yet. Might He soon? Soon, for sure. Within your life? Maybe. You going to live on maybe? I'm not. And I think the Lord would, uh, would be glad to hear that we had forethought and foresight in our lives. We made preparation ahead. That's what He does. Right? How many know the Lord? This is a separate message, but I'll tell you, I'll give you this for free since you did so good in the offering. (laughs) Jehovah Jireh means the Lord who sees. We say, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, right? Well, we don't really sing that, but in the old days, people sang that one, and it's okay if you want to. Uh, But we say, Jehovah Jireh is our provider. Yes, that's true. Literally, he's the one who sees ahead. God revealed Himself as the one who looks into the future to make preparation for us when we get there. God is a planner. He has foresight. And if you have been faithful to Him and you're walking in His plan for your life, I want you to know that God has already thought about where you're going to be. He knew you would be here today. And knew what things you would need. And knew he knows what you're going to need a year from now. As you continue on the path obeying him and doing what he's called you to do. There is going to be provision when you get there. Oh yeah. So that allows me to live without fear. Unless I'm just in rebellion to God. Because then I'm on my own. But if I'm doing my best to serve him and live for him. I know that when I get to tomorrow. Provision for tomorrow is already made. When I get to next year, provision for next year is already made. That's why I don't have to worry and, and, and be so concerned about our church facilities. And what are we going to do in the future? We've got too many people coming and we've got a great vision and, and land's expensive. and It doesn't matter. Jehovah Jireh already saw it. He already went out before us and said, I'm going to make preparation here and plan here. And I'm going to get this set up and get this ready. So that when you show up at exactly the right time, it's going to be there. Oh, yeah. And you remember when, when God was, was, was revealed as Jehovah Jireh. It is when he dealt with Abram and he said, take your son Isaac and sacrifice him to me. Remember that? He took him up on the, uh, on the mountain believing that God would raise him from the dead because he was the promised seed. But, and right before he was uh, about to commit the act, God stopped him. Of course, it wasn't God's will that that happened, but he stopped him. And said, Don't do it. And he lets his son Isaac off the altar there. And he looked up, and there was the ram in the thicket. Right? And right there, God, uh, Abram said, That is Jehovah Jireh, the one who sees ahead and provided the sacrifice for that time. In other words, before they ever got up there, God sent that ram. And what was that ram doing the day before? He's just running around. And God was leading it. He had a he had it all calculated out, put all the numbers in, all the calculations, took the wind variance into effect, and and uh, <laughs> looked at the barometer and and, uh, and all these things and calculated that, okay, and the goat will be right there, right at the time that it's needed. Do you think God does that for you? You think there's a goat, a ram? Yeah, I think the ram is walking to you. Tomorrow, it'll be there for you. Next year, it'll be there for you. As you continue to walk with God and do what you're supposed to do, follow every leading that He, he gives you. I'm not saying you can't ever make a mistake, uh, but I'm telling you, if you walk with the Lord, you're going to run into the provision that He has for you. He's already made it. You don't know, and people, don't, people that are involved with it don't even know. Why did, I, why did this house get built here? Why did this business get started here? Why was this opportunity here? God was working behind the scenes because He knew you would show up. And you would be there and the answer would be there already. Amen. Amen. He does that with people. He does that with, with arranging friendships. He does that with arranging marriages. For people who trust Him, listen to me now, people who trust Him for these, things are happening behind the scenes. That's called faith to believe that. That God is sending that (laughs) she-ram. And and she's coming at the right time, or that (laughs) he-ram. And and coming at the right time. Trust Him, because you're about to walk into that. There's about to be a divine connection. There's about to, about to be a meeting. And it was ordained by God. Right. And you'll recognize it. There's God's provision for me. Yes. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anyway, where where were we? Look out the window. You got to look at your sheep. Got to look at the cows. What are we talking about? Your financial state? We're also talking about your possessions. You know, talking about well, what are your possessions? Well, your vehicles, your... Your house, any valuable you have, especially things that, you know, wear out and depreciate. Keep your eye on them. Keep your eye on things that wear out, lest your prosperity leave you. Vehicles need constant maintenance, like we said, or there can be major repairs that are, that are needed. And us knowing what we have, where we're going, is very, very important. People waste so much money these days on charges and fees that come simply from not knowing where their finances are. People who don't take time to uh, balance checkbooks and, and that type of thing, they write bad checks. They're bouncing checks. Sometimes they even bounce them and they write them to the Lord. And they bounce them, you know, to the church. Yikes. Uh, imagine that. But people write checks and they have insufficient funds and they slap a $35 fee on that. Right? Right? And uh, I remember uh, talking with some different bankers, um, have told me that a very good percentage of their income comes from that type of thing. I mean, you'd be surprised how much banks make on you bouncing checks and, and, just, and late fees and all, all these type of things. You'd think, well, they make all their money on loans and interest. and uh, Well, they make some money there, but so much of it they make because people don't know the state of their flocks. And people are writing checks, sometimes you get into the charismatic world and people start writing faith checks. Uh, can I tell you? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> no faith checks. <laughs> well, see, what? Some of you are looking at, what do you mean by that? I mean this. They write a check and say, I'm going to write this check and I believe before you cash it that the money is going to be in the account. There's another word for that too. It's called lying. Because how many know a, a check represents cash? If I write you a check for $100, I am saying, I have got $100 in the account with a number right there on the bottom, and if you go, they'll trade you. You give them this piece of paper, they'll give you money. Actual greenbacks, right? But if I don't have that, that green in the bank, huh? I am lying to, to give you a check. Okay? And so not only is there that moral issue involved, There's also just the foolishness issue. We need to know. How much money do you have? How much is in your account? And don't be writing checks. And and I've been told that what what, what typically can happen is why sometimes the banks make so much money off some people and really have a downward spiral into debt because they they don't know how much money they have, so they'll write three or four checks. And they'll come back 35, 35, 35. They get all these fees. And then, then what happens? They get these recurring fees. And some of you maybe have been there, and you can understand this. But uh, recurring fees as a result of their account being uh, insufficient for, you know, or overdrawn for a period of time, that they get not only the bounced checks but recurring fees as long as it stays under. And, uh, and, and, and what one guy told me, he said, there's, there's sometimes people, they owe us $2,000 in fees because it just spirals on them. And what is it a result of? A lot of times just from not knowing and that's where it starts. And then how many know when people are in debt, it can be depressing. It can feel like a burden. When all these things are happening, it feels like you're out of control. And sometimes it can be, then become somewhat addicting. And uh, people, you know how people medicate their pain? You know what I'm talking about? Any kind of pain. Yeah. You know, a person gets on the scale. Oh, I'm going to eat. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? It's like I just can't get a hold of this. I and I, I quit. I'm giving up. I'm going. We're going out to eat. Maggie moves here we come. <laughs> you know, or people get in in in, in bondage and the finances are just weighing them down. And like ah, so they'll go to the mall with a credit card. Does it happen all the time? It happens, and people think, well, this will make me feel better for a while, short term. You know, just like you can. You can get sloshed. You can get you can get drunk. You can uh, you know take some drugs. It'll make you feel good for a short period of time, but everything gets worse from that point. Okay, and so we need to know where we're at so we can deal wisely. Not not pay all this money and and, and get hit with all these different things uh, that cost us. One, two, three. Get informed. Get organized. And get current. Get informed get organized. It's called a file cabinet. It's called, you know, QuickBooks or something like that on a computer. Get organized. Get things together where you can see them. Stay up on it. Get current. Some people, their house is so thrashed, their office has papers all over the place, and and it's just chaotic mess. It's so easy to lose things and not know their current state, not know where you're at, and you need to have some type of system where you can uh, know. Listen, this is about not only the practical side, it's about being faithful with what you have. Come on, let's bring this into the spiritual realm now. God is watching you. When you are faithful with little, he says you'll be faithful with much. And so wherever you're at today, come on, take a look out the window and see how things are going. See, how, see where your accounts are. See where your, uh, your investments are if you have investments. Stay up on things and know where you're, where you're at so, you, so it doesn't leave you. Okay? Let, let me throw this in, in in closing here today. What's the state of your giving? Listen, it's not only important that we be abreast of our natural accounts, bank accounts and so forth, but that we also be abreast of our heavenly bank account. Do you know that you have one? We're, we're told in the Word. We're talk, we know about, uh, about storing up treasures on earth or storing them up in heaven. You have a a heavenly bank account. What's in it? Okay. Now, this is not my call for you. This is your call for you. But uh, if you were to look at your own circumstances, look at last year, last calendar year. What percentage of your income did you give? Give to the Lord, to the kingdom of God. Primarily, that's ministries, but it could be to other people, too, that the Lord led you to give to. What percentage of your income did you give to the kingdom of God last year? No hands? And, and I wait for this reason. I want people to think because I, I have a, a suspicion that with some people, they don't know. They don't know what they gave. They don't even know if they, if they gave a tithe or, you know, a tenth or if they gave more than that or less than that. or just, You're just not fully informed of where they're at. You should know. Okay, you should know how much you give. You know, if you were to look at this year, year to date, What percentage of your income do you give to the kingdom of God? Amen. Okay. And so be aware of where things are naturally. Be aware of where things are in your giving. Material prosperity is one of those subjects that we must stay up on. We know the devil wants you broke. If you love Jesus, come on, if you're saved, if you're happy and you know it... He wants you broke. Oh, yeah. Wants you depressed. Wants you broke. Wants your testimony taken down. Would rather you ride around in a rattle trap that's un- unreliable. Rather have you broke down on the side of the road and, uh, and have all kinds of bills stacked up, weighing you down to where you can't think about the world or the loss because you're so uh, swamped with debt and with responsibilities that were unmet. He wants you down, okay? And so this is one of those subjects you should stay up on, okay? Keep the knowledge of God's Word and, of, and, and His promises um, uh, active in your life. Continue to grow in understanding God's provision and how He's going to get it to you in your life, amen. But if you want to go broke, maintain good, solid, strong ignorance <laughs> of your financial state. Stay ignorant of the Word of God and His provision. Stay ignorant of where you're at. Deny as much as, as, much as possible. Just say, no, nah, I don't have that. I don't have a wart. I have no wart. I have no wart. I have no broke. I have, I'm, not, I'm not broke. I'm not broke. <laughs> and just deny all the stuff instead of applying, putting your hand to something that God can prosper. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you today. Thank you for your goodness. Oh, you're a good and faithful God strong you are able to bring us out of the miry clay lord able to lift us up from a hard and tough place lord you are our hope for tomorrow our expectation of better things and we do look to you now we thank you for giving us understanding and wisdom or for stirring our hearts to believe that tomorrow can be better than today but, Lord, we take your advice, man, your, your word. We're going we're to pay attention to where we're at. We're going to pay attention to our current state so that we can apply your principles and promises to make tomorrow a better day. Lord, we honor you. We bless you. You're a good God. You're faithful to us. Thank you for helping each and every person now, those who are lost, those who are in despair, those who don't know you. Lord, I pray that you touch their hearts. For those who have not been saved, if they were to die today, they wouldn't make heaven. I pray that you touch their hearts. Draw them to yourself. Draw them to yourself now, I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. This morning, with no one looking around, just in respect of those around you, before we finish up the service here, the most important thing I could say to you right now